Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 9 of Who You Lovin' with me, Corey Dilliston. And me, Rachel Campbell. This week we're talking about BBC's time, having hobbies as an adult and does anyone know how to dress themselves post-pandemic? Who you loving by Corey and Rachel for all of your throwbacks and recommendations. So welcome back to... You're just like radio QB. Yeah, yeah. We're just making fun of it. Oh, do you know why you're thinking that? That's subliminal. Because you're in the Queen's hoodie. Yes. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Because I'm wearing my Queen's hoodie. Somebody asked me today if I worked for Queen's. It's like, oh, so I don't pass as a student anymore. Okay. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Um, because I was wearing my I'm wearing my Queen's hoodie, repping the alma mater. So is it alma mater or is it alma mater? Matter. I would. Yeah, thought. I would say matter as well but I think I've quote me yeah I think I've been corrected before to mater oh really yeah so we might both be wrong on that one (laughs) possibly um how are things at you how have the past two weeks been um all good all boring can't Mm -hmm. say anything exciting to report um no run-ins with the law over parking <laughs> tickets or anything. I actually still <laughs> like, haven't heard back about that, so I don't know whether... Do you appeal it? Yeah. But, so if anyone from Belfast City Council is listening, I would like a response. Um, Get that to the top of the pile. Yeah, thank you very much. Would not like to bear £45. Thank you so much. Um, But yeah, no, that's it. So no more, yeah, no more. I wonder, though, if you appeal it and then by the time they get back to you no yeah that then falls out of the 45 <laughs> point thing I thought about that as well I oh, was like no, no that's garbage and then I actually yeah. reread what they say on the website and it basically says if your appeal is rejected um you will then be reissued with a new date to pay the 45 pounds oh, up until so it's fine it's fine it's all good so fine. really I've just bought myself some time anyway regardless <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, how have your watching, reading and listening gone this week? Well, what what do you want to start with? Any? No, I don't have any preference. So whatever you want to, whatever you want to talk like about. Mines are not very like even in terms of what I have to say. How, like, well, you have to say Some are short, it. some are very <laughs> short, some are very like, could talk about for days. Um, will we go watching? first yes I'm actually quite nervous that you might have the same watching as me oh no I definitely don't okay what is what were you watching this mine was a Netflix movie okay okay no you're okay (laughs) okay um now I did have something else in mind for my watching um but never got around to it and now I can't think of it off the top of my head right happened to watch fatherhood at the weekend right uh it is it's i think it must be new enough on netflix and it is kevin hart okay so it's actually based on a true story Uh uh-huh based on a true story a guy named matt logelin 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 i don't know what his name is but um, 2011 memoir, best-selling memoir right. called Two Kisses for Maddie. Okay. So a man's wife dies just in the hospital after childbirth. Uh-huh. Um, oh, God. And it's their first kid. And they he's then left to sort of raise this child without his wife. So obviously heartbreaking stuff. You know, it's probably something unimaginable really for a new dad and it's it's straight into you know there's first scene is sort of the juxtaposition of the funeral with the you know the labor ward and the baby being born and the brief bit of celebration that they had um but I think what I liked about it I always like seeing Kevin Hart in like a more serious role Uh I really liked him in that one 
what was that one called? It was like an adaptation of a French movie, The Upside. Right. I haven't seen it. So it's very good as well. He is like a carer in that one. Um, But in this one anyway, he, yeah, so he's a widower. He's left to raise his daughter without a mother. And it's just, it's really heartbreaking. Like now, I don't know how much of it is aligned with the actual true story. You know, the way I feel like based on true story gets tossed about a little bit in Hollywood. Um, So I don't know how close mm-hmm. to the actual narrative <laughs> that it is, but um, I'm sure that the crux of it is um, what happened. And yeah, it's just her growing up, the difficulties, the challenges, you know, his obviously... I, like I, I'm, I'm sure, I can't like you can't really imagine it it's heartbreaking but it's really at the same time it's like equally really heartwarming as well like to see like just her growing up and obviously their bond and they do this two kisses thing and that's one kiss for mommy and one kiss for daddy and you know oh, how he adapts you know his friends so they have like a boys day and the wee girls always there or he has like um like his corporate job he's like bring your daughter to work day like it's just it's it's just I just thought it was really good really heartwarming um nice to see him in something serious you know and not something Mm -hmm. that you see every day you know like you think of the single dad and I immediately go to like um Mr. Napkinhead, Jude Law and the holiday. <laughs> of course you do. And it's, like, it's just <laughs> it's um it's just nice to see the tale and then there's one element of it which I just think is really lovely where it's like he's like, all right, you'll go to this school and obviously, you know, the the mum is gone but he still has, you know, his in-laws and his own mother and you know oh you should maybe you should do this or maybe you should think about that or what about this maybe you should move here or there or whatever and all this to Mm -hmm. deal with um Mm -hmm. but he sends her to um a school he was like oh this is the school that your mother would have wanted you to go to blah 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 and there's this like underlying plot not even plot underlying storyline really where she um doesn't wear a skirt to school she wears trousers and it must be like a convent or something because it is run by nuns and they're like he's constantly getting told like come on Matt you know we need to talk about the dress code we need to talk about the dress code and he's just there dropping her off to school every day like sorry gotta go no time in a rush blah blah um but then eventually (laughs) you know and then what happens is she don't, it gets to a point where the, you know the, the dress code is inflicted on her she wears a dress and then there's like a really har- horrible scene where she's obviously she obviously like isn't used to wearing dresses or skirts but she uh, gets picked on by some of the boys they see her like on a climbing frame and she's wearing um little boys underwear and they're like, oh, mm. she's wearing boys' underwear. She's, and, you know, they start, like, um, slagging her for that. And it's, oh, it's just really sad then to see that. And then the way that sort of ends then is, like, she's like, can I go to school with no uniform sort of thing? And that's, like, you know, the, the pressures of, you know, like, society, I suppose. And then, like, the nuns being like, oh, come on, now she doesn't have a mother figure. And he's like, whoa 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 like do not tell me how to raise my kids sort of thing um mm-hmm. but yeah it was just it was just an, a nice wee change and I've seen it I've seen it I think it's getting like quite mixed reviews to be honest um I did see a few people hyping it up a few people who are parents hyping it up as well so I don't mm-hmm. know it'd be interesting to see you know who it's being reviewed by and what they're saying like I had one review open here from just stumbled upon it online and it's just like very scathing. Oh really? Like it's really unrealistic. 
like blah 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 like mm, colorblind casting it this is the story of a white man blah 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 and it's like oh god I don't even want to how is that an issue though yeah it's not exactly it's it's literally it's about fatherhood it's that exactly what it says in the tin sort of thing um but yeah powerful uh, like we bit emotional definitely a few few teary moments in it um but would would recommend if if you're looking for something along those lines very good what about you what have you been watching well as i said this kind of feels like something that you're more likely to review i think um so it might have been the thing that you forgot that you wanted to review actually so time on bbc iplayer no oh really so um I actually, I wrote down the actual plot written by someone else because obviously they're going to write about it better than I did. <laughs> so um, basically the, the storyline is that Mark Cobden is a newly imprisoned, consumed by guilt for his crime and way out of his death or his death even uh, in the volatile world of prison life. He meets Eric McNally, an excellent prison officer doing his best to protect those in his charge. However, when one of the most dangerous inmates identifies his weakness, Eric faces an impossible choice between his principles and his family. Um, And it features Sean Bean and Stephen Graham. So Sean Bean is, are you Googling it right now? <laughs> Googling it right now, this sounds um, intense. Yeah. <laughs> so Sean Bean, um, if anyone doesn't know who Sean Bean is, he was the dad in season one of Game of Thrones, what do you call it? Ned Stark. Um, and uh, Stephen Graham was in season four, I think, of Line of Duty. He was the Liverpudlian guy. Um. So if you're not familiar with those actors, you might be familiar with other works that they've been in. Um, uh Um, And very, very good. So it's a three-part drama. To be fair, I have only watched half of it. I've watched an episode and a half. Now the episodes are, Mm -hmm. I think the first two episodes are just under an hour long and the last episode's just over an hour long. So they're substantial. Um, It's the kind of show that I would watch with, Connor so there's some shows that like I watch on my own or I watch with my sister <laughs> or I watch with a friend or whatever I know what you mean and then there's some shows that have a bit more weight to them that the boys don't feel emasculated watching mm-hmm. and this is one of those shows and like I'll watch anything mm-hmm. I don't mind like I just like to be entertained but I feel like boys are way stricter on that they're like oh no that's a girls program blah 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 mm-hmm. it's like right, okay um, so it's a boys program, inverted commas. <laughs> um, so it's pretty graphic, it's pretty violent, quite a lot of strong language in it. So all of that. So if that's not your bag, totally fair. Uh, but it's very good. The acting's amazing in it. Um, the plot is great. Like it is, it's a, it's a really good show, really gripping. Um, and I haven't got, as I said, I haven't seen the finale of it yet, but I've heard from other people that have watched it that it's just as good the whole way through um so that's what I have been watching I've been really enjoying it um and I do think you'd enjoy it that's why I was like oh no Corey's definitely gonna be reviewing this we should have checked before because we never check we don't check no, before we record so that it's like a surprise <laughs> yeah um but oh, yeah, yeah so that's what I have been watching this week um what have you been reading sounds this week good. Corey So I've just finished reading The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. Uh-huh. Have you heard of it? No. Seen it um, a few places recently. It's actually one of uh, Reese Witherspoon's ah. club picks. Uh, it's only out this year, um, so I don't, you know, it's it's not very old. But I think it was her pick there for May, and it is it's really I enjoyed it I it reminds me of the kind of books I wrote down books that I had read in a similar fashion sort of thing like quick read page turner Uh sort of like the girl before the silent patient guest list these ones that you can just 
read in a few days you could probably read it in one sitting if you had the time uh-huh. um so i really enjoyed it it's the story of it's it's like mystery themed it's a story of um a stepmother and stepdaughter so a woman and her stepdaughter um are abandoned by the dad the husband mm-hmm. um and left with a short note that basically says a short note addressed to the mum the wife uh, and it just says protector and it's so that's pretty much the opening pages um and it's then gives you the sort of clues or the pieces of the puzzle then throughout in the form of flashbacks to like certain moments so it'll be that can be anything from like a year ago or like four months ago or last weekend and then that also then the steps that the two females are now taking to find him or to mend things or whatever but he's like disappeared beside a trace it seems and then there are you know basically he's involved I'm trying to not spoilers he's involved (laughs) in a the company that he works for basically is being investigated Uh by the FBI um so we know well we know very early on obviously that he's in some way involved in this if he's had to run uh-huh. meanwhile this is like breaking news all over america like it's a massive company a big tech companies coder and they are like going back sort of discovering secrets piecing things together and it's really it's about like i'd say lies secrets family history i suppose you know how much do you really know someone that sort of vibes mm-hmm. um and then also you have their fraught relationship as well as sort of 16 year old girl and 40 year old stepmom that my dad's been with for i think what two years or something it is yeah um so you can imagine that um she's very you know she's very like there's no pretense or urgent graces about it. The teenager is probably your stereotypical 16 year old. Um, no offense if any 16 year old are listening. Rachel's sisters. No, just the way they describe her. They're like, oh, she's got, well, maybe not 16 year olds these days, uh-huh. but like, oh, she's got like a purple streak in her hair and she's a wee rebellious and like she likes to take a sip of wine now and again. Uh-huh. And blah, blah. Um, and a pure attitude, you know, she storms off on this occasion and she does that on that occasion. Uh-huh. Um, just maybe telltale teenage signs, I would say. Um, but yeah, basically it's their journey to find the truth, to find the dad slash husband. Um, but also I would say it helps them strengthen their relationship. Um, and And is the... So the girl's mother, has she, is she, is she alive or has she got a relationship with her mother? The the mom, the mom is dead. So he, he is actually weird. Oh, weirdly. Another uh, widower. Widower as well. I didn't even put that together. Is your podcast about widowers as well or? Uh, Sadly not. I'm trying to think of a way I can leave that in. Yeah. So he's, but from a young age for the girl. So, you know. She doesn't have many memories of her mum. Uh-huh. Um, it's sort of been her and her dad. Um, and then, yeah, this new girlfriend, who's now his wife, obviously. Yeah. Um, but good read. Um, enjoyed it. Quick one. And, yeah, would would recommend. I've seen it a few places now. Just, but then is that just because? Yeah, the Google thing of know, being, like, aware of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Don't know. Don't know if that's my phone spying on me. Uh-huh. I um I enjoyed it. And she also wrote when I was just looking up her, Laura Dave, she also wrote um a book called The Divorce Party. Right. Which when I looked at the cover, I feel like I've definitely seen it before. I haven't read uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. But it's subconsciously like familiar to me. Uh-huh. Um so if there are any sort of Laura Dave fans out there, I would recommend <sighs> it's gripping, it's fast paced, and it's um 
it is interesting like it's a good wee read i do have a few quotes don't know um how <laughs> we'll relevant share them then <laughs> they are but it's do you know when you read on kindle and they have like uh-huh. quotes highlighted already right so i don't read i read on ibooks which oh right i wish they did do that but they don't um but I would prefer that because it would help me to it would help me during my podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is a popular one here. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, so this is them sort of the realization that the dad. I don't know. Why I keep calling him the dad slash husband. Owen, the dad. Owen is gone. And <laughs> uh, she says, "That's this is the terrible thing about a tragedy. It isn't with you every minute." You forget it and then you remember it again and you see it with a stark quality. This is what require this is what is required of you now just to get along. Mm-hmm. Which I think is true, you know, when something bad happens, you're just trying to forget about it and then mm-hmm. it goes away, but it'll always hit you again up the face. Mm-hmm. What about you? What are you reading? So my reading for this week was actually my looking forward to last time we were talking. So correct. Um, so it was Small Pleasures by Claire Chambers. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, again, I have a wee blurb written in my notes. I did my homework this week. Are you proud of me? Prepare. Yeah, yeah. Make me look. No, I mean I did do them. 15 minutes before the podcast but that's not the point this like you know when you used to sit in the I don't know whether your school did this because you might have had a school that was better than my school but um we used to sit in the canteen before school and do our homework did you oh Oh, is that a thing okay I was like is that an all school thing or is that on the school bus sometimes Uh uh-huh uh-huh um one time I got caught by my maths teacher and she was (laughs) like copying um But also, like, I'm not being funny. I am not good at maths. Like, I am not. Like, I was never, shouldn't have been in a higher level class. Like, why are you here? (laughs) And I was copying and she really shouted at me. And it was really embarrassing. I feel like that would be your worst nightmare as well, getting shouted at by teacher. Yeah, literally. You can imagine. You can imagine. I'll soft touch here, (laughs) getting shouted at by teacher, being told that they're disappointed in me. Like, nah. Uh, So, (laughs) long story short, uh, dropped to ordinary level the next week. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I was reading Small Pleasures by Claire Chambers. Um, so the blurb that I have is 1957, the suburbs of southeast London. Jean Swinney is a journalist on a local paper trapped in a life of duty and disappointment from which there is no likelihood of escape. When a young woman, Gretchen Tilbury, contacts the paper to claim that her daughter is the result of a virgin birth, it is down to Jean to discover whether she is a miracle or a fraud. As the investigation turns her quiet life inside out, Jean is suddenly given an unexpected chance at friendship, love and possibly happiness. But there will inevitably be a price to pay. So... It was very good. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I Do you know what I liked the most about it? And this is something I was like, God, I can't say that in the podcast because it sounds really juvenile. But I feel like I really like a book that has a beginning, a middle and an end. OK, and I feel like sometimes that's really undervalued where like either that the end is kind of left a bit like, oh, it's artsy. We don't know what happens at the end. Nah. I want to know what happens at the end. I don't like that. I like to know what the ending is. Um, and sometimes the middle kind of goes a bit like, oh, is that the end? No, it's not. There's another bit. Like, da-da. do you know what I mean? I like stories that kind of follow that structure. And this definitely is one of those, like it's very much beginning, middle, end. Um, and you can kind of follow the the path, you know where it's going. I don't going. think that's juvenile at all. I think that's like... I feel like, isn't that like, like, do you know what I mean? It's like, that's the way... It, children's stories go that's how like if you're right if you're telling the story I don't know whether you ever did because like your youngest sibling isn't that much younger than you but my youngest siblings really are um Mm -hmm. so and they would tell you in our house we called it a story upside your head um so so like a story from your head instead of from a book so a story upside your head and you would go okay so there was a little girl and she lived here and then she went on this adventure and then she finished the adventure and she came home like that was always the story you know yeah that was the yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so that's like so it is a wee bit I don't know it can be a, I think it is a bit like 
I don't know, like a bit childish or something to enjoy that. But that's the way I like my books, okay? I'm just, I'm a simple gal. I like my books like that, okay? So it's really good. So obviously, as I said, you've got Jean, the journalist, and then she meets Gretchen. Gretchen claims that she got pregnant without any assistance from a man um, and she investigates this um, and Jean herself so Jean's kind of described as like an old maid so we're we're kind of told that this girl Gretchen she's uh, young and she's pretty and she's 29 she's married and she has a 10 year old girl that she claims she didn't um, didn't do all the things you normally do to conceive this baby um, and whereas Jean's described as kind of an old maid, she lives with her mom uh, and she her mom is a real burden to her. So her mom is, um, you know, pretty like very old, has lost kind of lost her confidence in herself at going out of the house and doing things for herself or whatever. So Jean's really, really saddled with this with this with her mom. Um, and then that's a kind of strange dynamic because it's where the mother daughter thing is flipped on its head and um you just get the impression that she's just not happy with the way her life is. Um, mm-hmm. But it's funny because, as I said, she's described as this like older put on the shelf, blah, blah, blah. And then it was I think it was maybe halfway through the book before I realized that the character is actually 39. She's because like, in my head, I'm thinking she's 60 years old or whatever. She's yeah. 39. Like so. So you're following uh, the plot with Jean. She's investigating the whole story um, and yeah, so it's it's brilliant. I don't want to give anything away. Um, she really like does her research, checks in like people who knew the woman at that time. Was there because at the time when the woman conceived the baby, she was at a girl's home for uh, sick younger girls, like as in she had arthritis, so she was in the hospital. Um, and there were no men. It was like nurses on the ward and everything, so there was no possible way. So she really does her research, and you're kind of going there's no way that this woman has got pregnant mm-hmm. by a man. There's no way. Um, and obviously you have to read the book to find out whether she does or oh, whether it's a miracle or whatever. So interesting. It's really good. And then people have said, and I'm not going to say anything, but I loved the <laughs> ending. And as I said, I like my structure where my ending is very definite and that's <laughs> the ending, right? So I love the ending. And then I went and I went on Goodreads to, I always like log my books. Um, I do a reading challenge on Goodreads. Anyone who reads a lot, you should go on Goodreads. It's brilliant. You can kind of like log all your books and read other people's reviews and stuff. Um, and you can set yourself a reading challenge for the year of how many books you're going to read. So I went on Goodreads and it's so funny because it's very highly rated and everything. But People when you scroll down, to, yes. So when you yeah. scroll down to the reviews, there's like five stars, four stars, five stars, four stars, one star. And then you go into the one star review and they're saying that ending. Oh, that ending. I hated that ending. Blah, blah. I loved the ending. If the ending had been anything else, I think I maybe would have been like, oh, it was a good book, but I wasn't like amazed by it. But the ending was so good. I really like, oh, I like the ending. You've sold it to me. <laughs> so yeah, that was my reading for this week. And I, I really enjoyed it. I would really recommend it. One thing I would like to say, so I read it on my phone on like, iBooks it's not even called iBooks it's just called books I think it used to be called iBooks or whether that's a Mandela effect in my Mm. head the app that used to be on your iPhone or your iPad to read your books was called iBooks swear used to be iBooks well it's books now (laughs) so I read it on there but I was in Waterstones on Sunday not buying books because I'm on a strictly no book buying spree at the minute because we just have, we have too many we have too many in our house we need to do a clear out we need to donate some to charity or something there's too many books there's too many books for the amount of space that I have if I had a bigger house I would have more books of course I swear <laughs> I have at least three of your books upstairs Pro- so. probably <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think you've borrowed that many recently um because COVID um but um I was in Waterstones and the this book small pleasures there was another one as well that I think I also own a copy of I can't remember what it was or it might have been Nisha Dolan normal people which I don't own a copy of but I think it might have been that or another really popular book at the minute and also ghosts by Dolly Alderton which is coming out in paperback uh it wasn't in Waterstones that day but I know that it is coming out with the same feature whereby the final five percent of the paperback cover is cut off 
have you seen this so like it's really hard I haven't to... seen it and I'm trying to get to why that would be a thing yeah <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> that's why I just wanted to bring it up because I was like why is this a thing and like does it make sense to anyone else so hold on I'll show you I have a book here I know this is a really good experience for all the listeners out there who cannot see (laughs) (laughs) but right so if you can imagine a book I'm going to describe it as best I can for people who cannot see so you've got your book and then this tiny so on the right hand side of the book where you would open it you've got a sliver where the cover's missing and instead you get a glimpse at the front page and for that reason, they make the front page like a different color. So for this this book, if you go and buy it in paper copy, it's got small pleasures. It's got oranges on the front of it. And then there's a little sliver here and the front page is orange. And I think it might say, you know, long listed for women's book prize or whatever, because this book was. So it says something there. But like, I want the whole cover. Write that on the inside. <laughs> bizarre yeah isn't that so strange so I noticed that recently so that's a new trend and Ghosts by Dolly Alderton is coming out with the is it a marketing thing or I really actually don't know I think it's meant to maybe be like trendy I think it's like maybe fashionable a wee facelift for the paperback but it's not not for me like I don't don't know and even like if you throw it in your handbag you're going to end up with a dog-eared book because you've lost the front bit of your do you know what I mean? and now it is only a wee sliver but it, it's annoying so I want everybody um to start a campaign on Twitter <laughs> 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 all of our listeners if you could all let me think I can't think of a catchy hashtag but like like hashtag we want the whole cover that would be great <laughs> so, so, so that the publishers can know that that's not something that anyone who actually reads would ever want so unless somebody I've I actually, thought it was going to be like a what do you call that thing? Like a dust cover? What's that called? No, yes. A dust cover is correct. Yeah. Um, do you know I'm right? So <laughs> me and Corey have a very professional setup um, and I am currently <laughs> propped up on books, which is why I have books to hand. Um, hold on. We'll do a bit of an adjustment with the microphone here um, so I can swap out my books. Or sorry, my microphone stand. Um, and so Ghosts by Dolly Alderton, the hardback, has a dust cover. Yeah, like that, which is practical because that can be a wee bit. Do you know? I wish well. I wish yeah. I'd bought a copy of the book to show you what I was talking about. But the next time you're looking at books or in a bookshop or whatever, have a look. It's not. Oh it's not goodness. on. To be honest, it's not a vibe. It's not a vibe. <laughs> That's what we're not loving this week. <laughs> Maybe we should do that. Like we should start doing a segment. What we're not loving this week. <laughs> 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 haters assemble um so what were you listening to this week Corey? well i it was my looking forward to last time it's um the food medic podcast by oh, yeah. hazel wallace uh-huh she is i actually find her voice really easy to listen to as well and i uh-huh. do really think that helps me in a podcast yeah a hundred a hundred percent right yeah yeah um and so <laughs> we're just we're has... literally just looking for feedback on how shit her voices uh, are. <laughs> oh god no i i think i'm better off not knowing like, what people think fyi we don't want any feedback on <laughs> we don't want any feedback on either of our voices the hybrid <laughs> accents that we've got going on because we lived both north and south of the border we don't want no thanks no. hard pass sorry Corey, go on, on that um yes so she is she's a big social media presence she is a medical doctor personal trainer blogger and author so that's her like bio i would Uh say her tagline yeah um this podcast there's like five seasons of what i think loads and i was trying to like pitch like trying to find a good way to pitch it because i think the way the her blurb is almost undersells it so the blurb in this podcast you will hear from leading experts in their field who share evidence based on how we can live healthier lives and cut through the confusing information that we find online Mm -hmm. and I think that honestly I really do think that like narrows the horizons of it because you think food medic you think right is this just going to be like about food nutrition well to me what would put put me off as soon as like because even when you said it last week I was like 
diet culture or no? Yeah. And it's really not like okay. she is first and foremost like doctor. I think right. that's what's really important to remember here. And also in these, well, the ones that I've listened to as well, she's not claiming to be the expert here. She's interviewing other people. Um and they are the the field experts. And the ones that I am gonna talk about um are just the ones that stood out to me as you know as with all podcasts you know you pick the people that you're interested in you pick the topics that you're interested in it's one of those ones um and it's one of her more recent ones about the importance of sleep Mm -hmm. um and there was a previous one as well about sleep so these were both with her hosted by her interviewing two different um experts in the field and i just thought they were both really insightful um and really informative like you know so much about about why why we sleep the importance of sleep sleep myths you know our body clocks sleep linked sleep and how it's relative to our emotions and our moods and you know the studies there switching off melatonin all of this your REM sleep your circadian rhythms then loads about you know this like cbd oil trend and sleep trackers all this if just just something that was interesting to me like i i sleep no problem mm-hmm. don't worry about it um like i'd take 10 hours if i could but um but they're, they're now calling thing. it good sleep hygiene aren't they right so yeah. it's like having th- things like taking time away from your phone before you go to bed stuff like that like that's all good sleep hygiene mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think and I have like, terrible sleep hygiene so but <laughs> right, it's, it's so interesting yeah because you'd be one of the people I think you know you have always been like a wee night owl uh-huh, to me uh-huh, yeah um and then I think of like people I know who work maybe not standard hours shifts Uh yeah people who work shifts and she actually speaks about that from her own experience you know being an nhs doctor she was like that's something that i can really that really resonates with me and i think what i liked about this episode i'm trying to find the name of the girl that was on it because it was really good um and what i liked about it was it was like she was asking all the questions that i would have about sleep Mm -hmm. and then these are like her own questions and then she's like oh yeah, I have some questions that my Instagram followers wanted me to ask as well. And I just think it's really, really informative. So it's with someone called Dr. Sophie Bostock, 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 Mm -hmm. uh, a sleep evangelist. So, uh, and she is also, you can just tell, like she speaks really well. Um, I think she was really interesting to, to listen to, you know, especially there's just like so much that I've like written down like you can learn so much from this you know it talks about your body clock and the your routine having a familiar routine before bed and how that can really benefit you you know natural light and how it's so much more important to help you like balance your sleep routine mm-hmm. um and I think it's it's just really interesting you know like social jet lag and like how catching up on your sleep debt during the week then at the weekend can then have a knock-on effect and that's why Monday morning you feel grumpy if you're out of sync this is Uh you know and that I think to me is like so relatable because you're like sometimes you're like oh god is this just like another hangover day but then is or is this just linked (laughs) to my sleep well for people that don't drink I can verify that it isn't a hangover day you just feel but rotten because right. it's Monday. Exactly, but like, <laughs> it's so it's so interesting. Sometimes I'm just like, is that maybe dramatic? But like, no, uh-huh. it's an actual... Is this a three-day hangover or am I just sleepy? <laughs> <laughs> right, but like, I, such, I just remember that feeling so much, especially like, I remember in my old job, um, Monday mornings used to be like, what, like, why this? Even, that's the thing, even if I hadn't been drinking at the weekend yeah. Or, hadn't been drinking since Friday uh-huh. night um, and she, she talked about that and um, another really interesting thing they speak about is like sleep trackers you know the the rate the rise of like Fitbits and mm-hmm. all these apps and like some other device 
called an aura or something i can't remember what it's called um and then the obsession with getting the perfect night's sleep and how that in fact is creating more anxiety you know and the worry of not sleeping is one of the biggest barriers there when it comes to getting enough sleep and just really informative i think um really good topic and like i think to me anyway she's asking questions that i want to know the answers to and i think obviously if it's something that you relate to and that's relevant to you yeah um you're gonna enjoy listening to it but i don't want to like again short seller either because there are a few episodes there about sleep but there are so many other episodes there like she has like a few of the names that i recognized on there she has fern cotton on one mm-hmm. to talk about mental health obviously she's got um adam k on to talk about the nhs mm-hmm. and there's so much like she's got um she's got right so there's like ones about fertility periods exercise of course does come into then she's got like a body image expert on one one on about eating disorders then there's like imposter syndrome there's so such a broad range of themes i would recommend i know obviously she does i follow her on instagram as well she does have big social media presence she's got a few books full website the whole shebang but i would say start with the podcast that's what I would say about the food medic. What about you? What have you been listening to? So I have stumbled upon a podcast that I'm really, really enjoying. Uh, and once again, I have come to our podcast with a food podcast recommendation. Love it. Okay, I'm sorry. Love I'm sorry. It's just who I am. I love food. I love hearing about food. I love eating food. I feel like I if you love hearing about food and you don't love eating food, you might have a bad relationship with food and you should maybe address that. But um, if you... If you enjoy, I feel like, so it might be a bit niche, but if you enjoyed Bon Appetit Kitchen on YouTube before the scandal, so there was a Bon Appetit, I'll not go into it because you've lost me now. Right. right? So people aren't going to need to know this whole story. If you're interested, Hmm. Google it. Uh, I'll not tell you the whole story, but there was a whole thing. And it used to, (laughs) (laughs) it's not, because literally like, Nobody needs 20 minutes of me explaining. Like, you know, like that meme with the guy pointing at the board and all the string linking everything. <laughs> you know that? Like, nobody needs that. So, like, just look it up if you're really interested. Um, but if you were really into Bon Appetit on YouTube, or even if you're just a bit partial to like man versus food, or like Saturday kitchen, or you know, some sort of food programming, you will enjoy this podcast. It is so good. Um, so basically. It's called A Bit of a Mouthful Podcast. Uh, I'm going to say they have us beat with the jingles. Their jingles are like, I am encouraged to add more jingles to our podcast. Haven't listened to their podcast. Just even, just flick through it, Corey, and just listen to their jingles. I love their jingles. Um, So they have a jingle for each section. Maybe we need a jingle for each section. Keep things, oh, that's keep cool. things going. Keep things buzzing and alive. Super professional. Um, <laughs> um, so... Jealous. There's three presenters on it. Um, one of them you might know. I think he's quite big on social media. Um, his Instagram and stuff is What Willie Cooks. So his name's I'm assuming William, but he goes by Willie or Will. So What Willie Cooks. He's he, I think he's quite popular on social media. I didn't follow him before I was listening to the podcast, so I I did wasn't familiar with him. The other two are Sophie who is the senior food producer at Mob Kitchen, which as far as I know is another, like it's like a big food blog. And Michael, who is the director of operations at Mob Kitchen. Or maybe they actually, maybe they make food. I maybe should have checked that before. <laughs> um, but I think I think Mob Kitchen, it's almost like, it's like a food website where they teach you recipes and stuff. I don't think they actually, I don't think it's like a restaurant or anything. So that is the three presenters. They have... Uh, I wrote down all of the sections I could remember because I didn't have time before the podcast to re-listen to an episode to write down. But I'm pretty sure the sections that are, that come up in the episode are what we had for dinner last night, uh, where they talk about what they had for dinner last night, uh, which I know sounds boring, but it is the kind of thing that like you literally go in and ask your friends and work and like talk about I'm it for half an hour. So, <laughs> pardon. That, that's so relatable like yeah yeah exactly and because it's like they just sound like three friends talking but like 
it's like engaging. It is very interesting to listen to. Um, and they're very funny. Um, so the next section is get it off your chest. So that's where you can write in and say, like, as in, oh, I live with someone who cooks such and such this way or whatever. Like one was, I live with someone who um, washes their dishes uh, with their hands. They don't ever use a sponge or a brush. right and one was like oh I lived with somebody in uni who had who cleaned their toasty machine with a dustpan and brush like they swept it out (laughs) with a dustpan and brush um so that's get it off your chest and hot takes is where they talk about unpopular food opinions so they'll like say things like uh I don't care what anyone says dark chocolate is not nice it's like not satisfying people who take one square of 95% chocolate and say, say like their sugar cravings are sorted for the day or lying um <laughs> stuff like that and then one that I was talking I was actually talking to our friend Chelsea about it today um the way that oranges are like the most like underwhelming fruit in that like when you're excited to have an orange you're like oh I can't wait for an orange and you get like a satsuma or whatever and you go to eat it and it's like not nice it's like like bitter or it's like doesn't taste of anything or whatever and you're like I'm so excited for that orange <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and then um show and tell and smell is where they make because they all cook obviously so they make something and then share it between them so they like bring along a dish that they've made and then talk us through how they made it and stuff like that and then crunch time is where they um bring in like a crisp <laughs> And review it and review the crunch that it makes when you bite in. Like one single crisp. No, they bring like a packet of crisps and they share them. But yeah, so that's what crunch time is. And do you know what? It's just, it's good crack. It's funny. Um, It's good conversation. Like it's very relatable. It makes me laugh out loud, like in the car mm-hmm. when I'm listening to it. It's so, so good. And even like, I don't know whether you'd enjoy it if you don't, if you're not into like food content, but I think you might because it's just good crack. Like it's funny. It sounds funny. Yeah. It's funny. It is really, really good. And like, and then if you like listening to food podcasts or I suppose like watching food programs and things like that, then you definitely will like it because it's, you know, it's obviously got, that's the main heart of the content. But um, I really, really enjoy it. Like there's 10 episodes so far. I listened to all of them since our last podcast because, no yeah, because I kind of was looking for something because sometimes when I don't have a podcast that I'm really enjoying at that time, I'm like, oh God, we have our podcast and I need to recommend something. So I'll need to like listen to something to see whether I like it. Um, whereas with this, like, so I started listening to, I was like, oh, you know, I'll listen to one episode. If it's rubbish, I'll move on to something else. Cause we only like to recommend things that we're loving that week. Um, but this one, like I literally listened to every episode of it. Cause it's so, so good. And I started following them on Instagram and also I'm, I'm a fan now. Like, oh, um, and even like, as I said, their jingles are brilliant. I'm going around singing their jingles, which I assume everybody does with ours as well. But, <laughs> course, um, but the jingles for each section are brilliant as well. So, um, yeah I really I was like just really well produced really entertaining I would definitely definitely recommend it so give it a wee listen and then let us know what you thought of it because no one ever tweets us Corey I'm fed up of it do you know what I mean we've been telling them for 10 episodes that we have a Twitter (laughs) and not one person and I'm sitting there like (laughs) looking at our tweet notifications (laughs) yeah Uh, meanwhile I'm like checking in once a week I'm sitting there like <gasps> sad violin music playing in the background oh. just wishing people would interact with us but that's fine and we only have a Twitter because we don't want to annoy anybody on any other form of social media we felt like Twitter is the best for discourse um yeah so if you do want to tweet us it's at who loving pod uh, and sometimes we tweet funny stuff on there give us a follow you don't even have to talk to us just listen <laughs> There. <laughs> we're just like really desperate now. <laughs> i know <laughs> um so yeah so that's pretty much all of our our recommendations for the week um what about our throwback for the week Corey? oh yes so oh my god i'm drawing a blank I'm so a this blank. week we're talking about hobbies 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 <laughs> Um, because and do you know why it came into my head I was thinking about a conversation I had years ago with my manager when I was I was a night manager in a hotel at the time and um I uh was having a conversation with my like the big boss and he said to me like what do you do outside of work like what what hobbies have you got and I could not think 
and at th- that stage I think I was what 23 I was young like I was like couldn't think of one single thing I was like don't know I just kind of come in here <laughs> so awful but like so amen. but also true so what we were talking about as a throwback is what were your hobbies as a kid like what would you because I think I feel like as a kid you love telling me like guess what my hobbies are <laughs> Do you want to know what my hobbies are? What are your hobbies? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> and as a kid, you have more free time for that's true. Fun. But also, I do think like it's a bit of a cop out because I feel like when you're a kid, you can say playing is a hobby. Playing is not a hobby. <laughs> I like to play with my friends. That is a hobby. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so what were your hobbies, Corey? I mean, I don't know if I have anything really like out of the box. Yeah, it doesn't have but, to be like. Just, you know, things that you maybe, you know, like classes that you went to. So, like, you used to go to, like, like that's hobbies to me. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like dance like class a, and all. Dance class. Did you go to dance? Had, what kind of dance did you do? So, I did, as a small child, I did. Small, as a small <laughs> child. I would like to, I would like to clarify, I would never do anything like this now. <laughs> <laughs> No, as a small child, I did Irish dancing and then oh. as an older child but still a child um just da- I mean it was just dance class there when you like modern dance somewhere I live there's not very many options uh-huh. but did dance and loved it like loved the people that loved going on a Thursday evening uh-huh. had my wee tracks at top with the logo and all uh-huh. um again as a, as a younger kid would have also went to like Cubs and Scouts but that's really young, like that's like primary school age. But even stuff like playing instruments, like I had a wee guitar phase. Um, and now it's like, I think as well in line with like what you're saying about hobbies now, like when I hear people who have interest in hobbies, when I hear people actually who have hobbies uh-huh. and interested already, I'm like, yeah, you're oh, like, wow, you do this. Did you do that in your free time? Tell me about it. But like, to be fair, do you not find that since, like, I'm not saying that we started a podcast so that we had something to talk about, but like, I mean, since we started this podcast and I started telling people I am a podcaster, they're like, wow. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like that's what I was also thinking about. I was like, what if if someone was to sit me down now and say, what are your hobbies? Yeah. Like. You're a podcaster. It's like we essentially do a Zoom call. I do a Zoom call with my best friend and I record it and I put it on the internet. <laughs> and I call it a hobby. And I'm it's a hobby. <laughs> I also think, um, so hold on, I'll just let you know. So my hobbies as a kid, I mm. would definitely probably have said colouring in or like art, oh, yeah. even though I wasn't any good at it. But like, and still to this day, I'm no good at that kind of thing. But I think I thought that was a hobby. Uh, poetry. I wrote poetry as a kid. Uh, oh, that's so interesting. And continue, yeah. Corey, not when you're like. <laughs> I feel like. Please, can we find some of those yes, poems? Yes, I will. I will. Honestly, I will. I'll try and find. I'll Good try way. and find something. The the teenage ones that oh Jesus, they break oh, your heart. Oh my god, like, we need to do like a special oh, just for those alone. So yeah, I wrote oh, poetry when I was kid. I wrote stories when I was a kid too. Thought I was going to be a writer. Yeah. Um, lol. Uh, <laughs> um, I would have been a singer and an actress loved singing and acting oh yeah I did a brief singing stuff uh-huh. child, so, so musical theater I would say was a big one these were all I would say these were all pretty consistent hobbies until I turned about 18 like they were all pretty consistent hobbies until I became an adult officially mm-hmm. and then the other thing that's like so annoying is that like as an adult when you say you have hobbies they're not really hobbies they're just living your life <laughs> like I'm actually surprised people don't go cleaning my house that's why oh actually (laughs) to be fair like the Mrs Hinch people of the world yeah that's a hobby so cooking it's not a hobby it's just feeding yourself walking if it's walking to somewhere is not a hobby (laughs) it's just transport (laughs) just transport (laughs) socializing is not a hobby that's Mm. just seeing your loved ones Drinking is not a hobby. That's a problem. No. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, yeah, like no, it's very I've... seldom you meet an adult who's like, painting is my hobby. You know what I mean? Yeah. And no, if... you're so right. 
And then even if, because just when I said that, I have a friend, I don't know, I think she'd be happy enough for me to give her a wee shout out. Her name's Claire Newell and she owns a ceramics business. She makes lovely little things and they're called, She she her whole caption thing is one dot at a time. So she puts little dots. They're like, the design is all dots, but she does it by hand. Oh, gorge. Yeah, gorge. But like the thing is, obviously that's her hobby. Her ceramics is her hobby, but it's also her business. So like as much as it's a hobby, like she enjoys doing it. It's she also makes so I think that's maybe it. It's when you're an adult you can't have a hobby without making it a hustle. Interesting, interesting. Um I know you like the whole hobby thing unsettles me a bit. Like I feel like it reminds me of like interviews or like dates uh-huh, or uh-huh. oh something. <laughs> and it actually Where you're being reminds grilled about what kind of yeah, person you are. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. am I gonna be judged for not having a hobby? Because I don't have a hobby does that mean I'm useless and also like, like why isn't scrolling Instagram a hobby then <laughs> <laughs> I like to do that in my free time so <laughs> I like online shopping is that a hobby <laughs> <laughs> but it actually was this topic reminded me this week of I don't know if you do you follow Elizabeth Day so she uh, I don't follow her I know who she is but I don't follow her so this week on Insta, she posted a list. Of, well, it's part of her column. and um, But yes, sorry. So Elizabeth Day this week has released her column um, on her Insta grid as well. And it's 40 things I feel guilty about. Right. And it's actually featured on Loose Women, I think today or yesterday as well. And now people are, it's like a trend almost, like people uh-huh. are putting up what they feel guilty. And one of hers was not having enough hobbies. Oh, that's so funny. Because when you when you suggested this is a throwback thing, I instantly said, I swear I read something about hobbies the other day. Uh-huh. And that's hers. Yeah. Number 17, not having enough hobbies. Going to the cinema is my only one. And that barely counts. And, and that I'm gonna say doesn't count. It's just watching TV. She's admitted that, like, <laughs> and it's like, oh my goodness, is this? But like, I think if you were like, oh, I'm really into foreign films, that's a hobby. Then you're so interested. Yeah, like, tell me. It's more. a little unfair. I think we've unravelled an unfairness within the hobby with the of hobby the, definition of adult life. Yeah, yeah. Because as I said, like when you're a kid, you can literally say playing's my hobby, or you mm-hmm. can say. I don't know. I'm trying to think of other stuff that you would have said as a knocking kid. in for someone, calling in for someone. That's my hobby. <laughs> Playing that <laughs> game where you knock someone's house and run away. That's my hobby. Um, whereas, like when you're an adult, not like things don't count as a hobby unless they're very specific. I think. You know. So interesting. Yeah. And if they don't involve like just living your life, which like again. Hobby. is it a hobby or is it just living your life so, so good like, my hobby is actually getting up and getting dressed in the morning so. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of getting dressed in the morning so our topic this week for um just our topic our general topic to talk about is does anyone know how to dress post-pandemic because we don't this is like I swear I've told anyone who will listen to me about this problem recently like it's like what what is fashion like I don't know like why do I own these clothes like why did I ever buy this I hate it on me like Uh I hate everything on me so do I I'm the exact same I literally the other night had like a little like you know when you have and you're not proud of yourself after but you know when you have a wee emotional moment with your husband or boyfriend Mm -hmm where you like are acting like a child and you're well aware that you're acting like a child. So I had one of those where I was like, I hate all my clothes. And Connor was like, throw them away then. <laughs> Stop crying about it. Just throw them away. That's fine. If you hate all your clothes, you hate all your clothes. That's grand. They're just clothes. So yeah, no, the ex- like the exact same. And I probably, I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people are feeling that post pandemic. And the other thing I was talking to you about was the fact that they're, um, that most places don't have their fitting rooms open mm-hmm. so how are you supposed to know whether things yeah. suit you whether they fit post-pandemic when your body maybe has changed during this time of extreme stress and mm-hmm. not a lot of movement for our bodies and all of that so like totally natural for your body to have changed during this time um 
but like you might know what size you are you might know whether you might be smaller you might be bigger you might have a different band size on your bra it might be something as simple Mm -hmm. as that but you can't how are you supposed to know that yeah oh it's so bad like I swear on like maybe when lockdown was just lifted because I wasn't like buying really like clothes during lockdown at all Mm -hmm. like online or anything and then Mm -hmm. I went like two times to the shops and bought loads but everything I bought I took back Uh and it was like it wasn't like extravagant like one-off clothes like some of them were just like basics but even so I was like oh god I hate the like don't like them and then there was like there was a top I used to love wearing to work and not love wearing to work but like it was like what one of my on rotation in the mm-hmm. office tops mm-hmm. and then I put it on the other day I was like oh my god why why did I ever buy this uh-huh. like, I think the other thing as well um not to age us too badly but do you not think that like the stuff that's in fashion right like trendy properly trendy we're maybe a little too old dare I say it a little too old, too old. as in like oh. I don't think I'm going to look. so I was driving through town the other day and I literally was like this could be if someone took a picture of this right now bar the fact that people have smartphones in their hands or whatever it literally could be the 90s like mm-hmm. all the kids are wearing like their ripped denim their oversized t-shirts vintage stuff scrunchies butterfly mm-hmm. clips all of this stuff mm-hmm. I would not look it in that. I'm nearly 30. Like, this is not. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, as in what's, like, trendy right now, I don't know whether it's made for, I think it's it's for the little ones. It's for the ones that don't remember it the first time. Um, Youth is wasted, isn't that what they say? <sighs> so then how do we start dressing? Is this what is this where we're, we're at in our lives? Like, where... I honestly, I feel, like, lost when it comes, like, even a few weeks ago when I went out with the girls like they were like in their cute wee blazers and their summer sandals and I was literally in um black winter coat black top black (laughs) jeans like I just don't know not I just don't oh I'm like I don't know what sits me anymore or something Uh, same same like I don't know my own sense of style at all um fashionably challenged fashionably challenged it's a shame like it has so, we can't be the only ones it has to be like it to makes sense on this, there's been a year 15 months it, trapped in your house yeah there's been no fitting rooms open uh-huh obviously fashion changes anyway uh-huh. and we've aged so like this, <laughs> we've this aged to, <laughs> we've aged so much <laughs> <laughs> this has to be a common thing <laughs> yeah no definitely it's just it's not super fun but we'll get there eventually. Do you know the coolest outfit I've worn recently, um, as in I felt good in it, I felt mm-hmm. cool and trendy and hip, was I borrowed one of Connor's shirts and wore it tied at the waist with a Love pair of black the leggings. boyfriend shirt. Uh-huh. With a pair of black leggings, a pair of Nike runners. Nike, Nike, Nike. It's all right. Um, <laughs> and some gold jewellery. And I literally Lovely. was like, I am the coolest girl Feeling yourself. in the whole Love of it. Belfast. Like, it's like, you don't even understand. Like, <laughs> I'm part-time podcaster, part-time <laughs> curvy model. Um, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, and that, like, that wasn't my, they weren't my clothes. They were Connor's clothes. So, I mean, yeah. It says it all. Somebody help us out. I just wish, <laughs> I wish it was more, like, affordable to get a stylist to do your clothes for you. Oh, imagine do you know what I mean like wouldn't it be great to just be like here go and pick clothes for me that would suit my body that like I'm sure this if, if someone's aware of a service that will do that for you like online or something that's like affordable like I'm not spending an absolute clean fortune on it I would spend a reasonable amount of money on it see I'm too fussy I know it wouldn't work for me yeah you're you're very but that's because you have a sense of style I don't like I literally one day I'm wearing like trendy black dress with like cute tights like nice stylish gal and then the next day I'm wearing like <laughs> the next day I'm wearing like a t-shirt with a pizza logo on it because I really like pizza so I want to wear pizza. okay like oh I did actually see a pop-up ad the other day on Instagram with it's got a picture of the spice this t-shirt picture of the spice girls on it they're all eating pizza and it says slice up your life <laughs> Hi, like I mean could you get a t-shirt that's more me like <laughs> 
It's the very <gasps> essence of me on a t-shirt. <laughs> There's a pond. And it'll be arriving this week. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was payday. So I mean, maybe. Love it. <laughs> Already love did it. it. <laughs> so love Corey, it. what are you looking forward to for next week? Um, just in today, apparently. Well, I've just heard about it today. Mm-hmm. Top of my list. Mm-hmm. New crime documentary. High Confessions of an Ibiza Drug Mule. None other than the Peru 2. Very good. Coming in July. Can't wait. Um, Coming. Oh, will it be out by the next episode? Yeah. Um, yeah. I believe so. That was in 2013. Jeepers. That was a lifetime ago. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to BBC. You're doing it. So five part series looking forward to watching might not get to review much of it but we'll get the opening app hopefully um what about you what are you looking forward to so um i am looking forward to reading um a book that i have been i've had for ages and i just haven't read it uh it's called hamnet by maggie o'farrell um, and it's the a fictional account of Shakespeare's son Hamnet, who died at age eleven. Oh. So that's yeah. Um, so I'm gonna give that a wee read, um, and see see how good it is. Um, and yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Sounds good. Sounds good. So that's all from us this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening and. You can join us again in two weeks when our next episode comes out. Uh, don't forget to get in touch on Twitter at Who You Love and Pod. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.